So what's my future? You don't have one. I see you, but you can't see me. Welcome to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. This episode is all about Halloween Horror Nights 16 from 2006. I am Matt, and joining me again, as always, are my co-hosts Karen. Hello. And Quint. Good day. All right, we are actually going to go through this like we normally do, but I think... Actually, I do know. I don't know why I think that. I know this. (laughs) We're going to actually split to two pieces, because there is a lot... Of things going on. Uh, we'll actually get into that here shortly once we go through the vitals. But uh, not only is there a lot of things going on, but now we're getting into years where I've gone more than once and experienced more than once. So I've got a lot more to talk about uh, than I have in years past. So um, with that, I'll say we're going to probably go through the houses and scare zones. And right about at that point, we'll probably reach uh, a good time for a good length of episode and then go back to the shows because there are more shows I don't. I don't want to know if I'm, I'm not going to. I'm not entirely sure. There's more shows than ever before because I didn't go back and look at all the years. But each of these shows are are pretty big and have stories to tell as opposed to years before. So we got a lot going on in this episode. So and apparently a very lengthy introduction by me, as you all just heard. <laughs> so let's just get right into it. I'll turn it over to Quint and we'll talk so, about what we'll, we'll 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 summarize what we're about to discuss in detail here. So we are talking about Halloween Horror Nights 16, Sweet 16. Um, The official tagline was Halloween Horror Nights Sweet 16. No date in the year, but that we going back to the numbers, which was last last year. They didn't do the numbers this year. They're back to using the numbers. Mm -hmm. Sweet 16 is fun. Uh, I think that that it's going to start. I hope. I mean, I haven't gone through all of the details. I'm I'm a little underprepared this time around. But based on the birthday cake that I see and that kind of stuff, I'm hoping that we see some of the, you know, the the high school horror imagery going on in this event. Um, it was 2006. Uh, the catchphrase was "Horror comes home." Yep. Uh, location back to Universal Studios. Uh, this, this event is all taking place in Universal Studios. We're not going, they're not using the dual park thing anymore. Um, and I hope you have a reason for that, or at least a theory behind that, that I'm, in, I'm interested in knowing if there was something that, that drove that. I, I mean, I have a theory. I don't have a definitive reason that I found. What's the theory? I, my theory is that it's, it's the, just the pure numbers because we're adding a house this year, I believe. Um, if, if we're not adding a house, we're definitely adding shows and the amount of people. And I just, I, this was just reared. It's funny how much I walk around both parks with, you know, with Halloween Horror Nights in mind almost all the time. Now I was just really reminded of how tight a walking path, almost all of islands of adventure is once you get out, when you get into the park areas and you're fine, but when yeah. you go between parks, it's so tight. tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, things are getting, they're, 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 they get busier every year. It's, it's, it's yeah. just, that's, 
kind of just a blanket statement to say. Uh, and between that and the two two of the shows that they're adding, uh, which we'll get to, kind of need well, one needs as much space as you can possibly give it on the streets, and the mm. other needs some some room to build too. And and I think they kind of what they planned out for sixteen just quickly. Uh, you even take actually even just in this discussion, you take the houses out of the equation. The street shows have outgrew Islands of Adventure by the time they were done, like just coming up with the ideas. I think right. Yeah. Okay, that that makes sense. I mean, um, okay. So let's see. We've got icons now. This is this is another controversial thing for this year because I guess they started uh, they started advertising before they brought back icons, and then they brought in the icons and they started adver- re advertising something like that. I, I read some of it. I didn't get too far into it. Is so the, the icons they have. There's there's a bunch of them. I mean, this is the storyteller, Jack, the caretaker, and the director this year. So there's a lot of of history coming into this event. Right. The dates we have September 29th through 30th, October 6th through 8th, 11th through 15th, 19th through the 22nd, 26th through the 29th and the 31st. Yes. So uh, this is a bit longer. It seems, I mean, they have that whole September, uh, weekend beforehand that they haven't done before usually if they can fit it all into october they will if they need to bleed over into a day or two of uh november they will or a day or two of september but this is like a whole weekend in september before they hit the october stuff so it's it's maybe it's just the way the calendar worked out i I grabbed the calendar october 2006 calendar real quick when you said that when you jumped from 29th Mm -hmm. to 31st i thought that was interesting that 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 is an interesting end. I mean, I I'm glad they ended on Halloween, but the uh, my my point was the the ending. Uh, the 29th is a Sunday, which is kind of what I expected to see, but I wasn't sure. And then uh, the 31st is a Tuesday. Hmm. Yeah, but it is Halloween. Oh no, I I agree. I agree that they yeah. should end on Halloween. It's uh, I just wasn't I wasn't sure what day that was, and I wanted to double check it for myself. Yeah, and, it, it's a very weird calendar year, I think, for them. But yeah. uh, you know. More dates is always good. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know exactly why they ended that day. That makes sense. I was just wondering how that felt, if it felt like I thought it would, because it seems like that's how it would be. Like the yeah. 29th would be Sunday, and if they're going to skip uh, Monday. It, yeah. So, yep, that's all I wanted to check. So, non-peak nights, 6.30 to 12. Peak nights, 6.30 to 2 a.m. However, there are extended hours, and I don't know what days those are, but they had some extended hours where they actually went from 5 to 2. Right. 5 p.m. Yep. to 2 a.m. Um, which, you know, that's, that's kind of cool. Um, 20 cents more expensive this year than last year. <laughs> is that what year. it is? Exactly. Yeah, really? <laughs> it went, from, went from 59.75 to 59.95. Well, that's, so. yeah, well, that's okay. Now we're back to like the first handful of years where it just barely went up a bit. Yeah. We've got three, uh, covers for the, let me call it the pamphlets. Yeah. The event and, guide. Yeah, the, sorry, the event guide. Um, the first one is is the the four icons with Jack is being really creepy in this one. I, <laughs> I, I think anyway, uh, and they're uh, they're in front of the the birthday cake with the wax sort of bleeding over the cut out of the cake, um, and of course the sixteen the the two candles are the one and the six for sixteen. Um, sweet looks like it's written in blood. It's it's a very cool creepy uh, icon cover i think yes yeah actually yeah. I, well go ahead and describe the others i was gonna make a comment but go ahead let's get through all three 
So the the second one, uh, it looks like it's just the, half the caretaker's face, his eye, and the same cake, sweet sixteen thing um, going on. Not nearly as interesting. I'm not sure how this one made it through. The last one is is really interesting. It's a bloody severed hand holding a piece of birthday cake with a single candle bleeding wax down the side of it in a in a almost putrescent green <laughs> color. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, really cool. Like this one is this is my favorite of the three. That's my favorite too. Yeah. The, all, I like them all, and I think it's because of the cake part of it. The caretaker one is weird, and I I'm pretty sure that's the caretaker as well. I, it's yeah. with little little we see. That is an odd choice for him of all all the icons. I'm not saying one's better than the other to pick for this, but I'm not sure why they picked that one other than they just had dead space and that that shadow on the. Uh, well, he does have creepy eyes. Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm not. I'm sitting here trying to def- defend it for really no reason. It's still good, but the um, the cake in the hand one that that is by far yeah. my favorite. I think. Oh god, yeah. I it think- has a fly on the cake, so that's a nice little <laughs> touch to it. Too. Oh yeah. I wish yeah. I had checked before this. I'm almost positive I have all three of these. If I'm missing one, it may be the one with the caretaker's eye because I'm looking at that with a little bit of uh, I'm not quite sure I have it. I know for sure I have the one with the four icons, and I know for sure I have the one with the hand cake. This is when we're starting to get around the time when I, I think I have I know I have event guides from from previous years, but I think this is when I started grabbing them uh, for the sake of keeping them. Along with uh, I, I I keep maps from Parks Visit Two throughout the years just to. Just just as souvenirs, cheap souvenirs. Most are kind of fun to look at in years past, but I, this this year I'm actively picking them up for sure, and that's how I have more than one, if not all three. I wish I had checked, but I don't know off the top of my head. And it's 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 kind of cool um, keeping them because you can see how the parks have evolved and changed. Just mm-hmm. you know, different different rides in the parks and different attractions and things. Even some of the layouts that change. It's it's kind of cool to see that right. as you go on. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get into the the inside of the map locations or anything, but the inside of the map is going back much more to a uh, you know a very uh, contemporary representation of the park. Very easy to read, very easy to to see what's going where. All of the um, the the maze locations are are almost mapped into. They almost look like CD covers. I guess I can the, see the picture. Yeah, yeah. The pictures. Yeah. Of, right? It's a really cool representation of all of the the mazes in them. And then uh, you know the the scare zones marked out in red, and uh, yeah, the shows are marked in in yellow. So it's uh, it's not the the most creative one they've ever done, but it's a it's a pretty cool one. This is kind of where we kind of I haven't looked at years past, but looking at this, I'm like, wow, this is really familiar to me as in a real recent feeling. I think this is kind of the motif we go with real simple on the map. Don't point out much more outside of what's open. And then the scares, the scare zones colored in the roads or the streets, whatever you want to call them uh, is really what is standing out to me. So I think this is kind of the start of where the map just keeps going. We'll, we'll, talk about it more as we go through the years but just looking at this again for the first time in a long time it's like okay i i can like i'm, I'm kind of seeing last year's in a sense a little mm-hmm. bit you yeah. know what i mean just the, by, yeah. by the motif of it i guess you could call it. oh the design the design is probably a better way to say it yeah. yeah and and i think the only ones that i've really liked a whole lot better or the one that sticks in my head is is like the terra Quintus one yes yeah. where, where like you know it was just it was cool it was like an old-timey map and you could still read it really really well but it was still that uh, that you know, papyrus sort of 
I liked it. It was cool. Yeah. We we exhausted it in our in a previous <laughs> episode. So I'm not going yeah. to beat it over the head. So, all right. Um, let's see. Anything else that you have about the marketing of this event? Not so much in the behind the scenes, but there's a lot of things to note from this year that isn't evident just by looking at the event guide. I mean, well, first off, it, there, we'll talk about the theme a little bit. There's not a whole lot much more to tell than it's Sweet 16. It's a milestone birthday for most. And they treated 16 as a milestone for Halloween Horror Nights as well. I don't know if there was ever a talk of, and I, who knows with the creative team, if there's ever talk of a, of a Sweet 16 kind of Carrie-esque type icon maybe for this year. I, I don't know. That's speculation on my part. But the... Obviously, the four they brought in the four icons to, I, I think, help celebrate the milestone. Instead of picking one thing to center sixteen around, as we see, the four icons are there. It's evident on the on the guide. Um, even more so, they've later, and we'll get into this as we get into the mazes in particular. They brought in lost icons as well. But you have, even though there's been Eddie before, and there's been kind of Cindy before. This is their true introduction and induction i guess you could say in some ways in halloween horror nights yeah in this event yeah i, I just i'd gone through that too and i was eddie was the the one that i really really noticed um mm-hmm. i hadn't noticed cindy there but i'm now i'm really curious to hers to, is it's gonna be i hope i didn't build it up too much it's a very well it's not lackluster but it's not it's we see more of her in, in better ways later but still okay. first real yeah. appearance of her um there is a all the houses this year the mazes and you may have picked up on this reading them after you may not have are all either sequels reimaginations or some kind of continuation of a of one from the past really yes every single one of them yeah what's that i noticed that going through them earlier yeah yeah there's there's one that i'll need to to be reminded of okay and last but not least, without jumping into the shows, we have a kind of one of the original street performances from way, way early years yeah, that I, I have talked about. Too. But Karen was not on the show back then, so she's probably I'm sure she's heard it hearing the show, but we'll talk more about it. And in fact, this street performance is the biggest production they've done with this thing so far. Excellent. And let's not spoil it for the next show. Exactly. If you want to know yep, yep. it, you're going to have to tune in next week. Yeah. Last thing I wanted to, wanted to mention, it, there's something really something really important added to this year. It's something we're very familiar with and any Halloween Horror Nights fan is familiar with. With it coming back to Universal Studios and the long-range plans seemingly to be keeping it at Universal Studios or at least con- including Universal Studios, meaning the park in Halloween Horror Nights from here on out, they've added two buildings specifically for mm. Halloween Horror Nights. This is when the sprung tents or the tents are right. first yeah. brought up. They're, they're called sprung tents. I think they actually have a universal name. I forget what it is, but it, they're called in the community sprung tents because they're made by sprung.com. They're these prefabricated, yeah. pre-designed buildings that are that can withstand, I forget what, I think any category hurricane. I want to say category five hurricanes. I was reading about them a little bit because I wanted to see what the name sprung meant. And that's the company that built and designed them. So even though they're prefab buildings, they can withstand Orlando's Shit, worst weather. Sorry. Yeah, and these two were built for Halloween Horror Nights, and well, we know we it was the Purge last year and Insidious. So we've been through them. Quinn's yeah. been through them several times. 
Yeah, I, yeah, I've been through each of them, what, at least five, four or five right, times yeah, by now. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at an aerial map of them, for some reason, looking at them, to me, reminds me of the old Xanadu Home of the Future attraction what? from International <laughs> Drive. <laughs> they just kind of have those curves and rounded, uh, they're yeah. like, uh, they're, I guess they're more probably circus tent shape, but yeah, I think of Xanadu I think. when I see them. Only you would bring Xanadu. I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> Oh God! And that's really all I got to preface what we're about to talk about. Those, those I thought were all important things to think about as we're discussing sixteen here. Okay, um, I just gonna go. Yeah, I don't have anything else either. My okay. notes are done. All right, and we'll move on to the the mazes. All right. Um, there is seven this year, which is the same as last year. So they don't. Although they didn't add house. Okay, mazes. Okay, maze. my bad. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so they just built those sprung tents to accommodate them and yeah, and yeah. Universal. They didn't add okay. any, but they. I, I would love to say that's what I was thinking when I wrote that, but nope, I just came <laughs> up with that now. I'll I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, we'll start on the top of the list. Um, Dungeon of Terror retold. Right. Okay. So obviously, this is a a, a reimagination. I mean, this is a reimagining of some sort because the Dungeon of Terror is the very first. I think everybody knows this. Our very first maze from the very first Halloween Horror Nights ever. Actually, from Fright Nights. If you want to get super technical, yeah, that's uh, okay. that was that was cool too. When I saw that on the list, I was like, "Oh, this is going to be really special." Because these, you know, this is a uh, I don't know if special, but it, it's a um, it's the word I'm looking for. Uh, it's a maze. I know that part. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's 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 one of the ones that it's very it's very iconic for the event. It's it's a um. Oh, I had it. I had a perfect one after, and then I had to make that stupid joke, and now I lost with the freaking. And I sound just as dumb as Quint. Um, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> it's a foundation of the entire event. Absolutely, it's part of the foundation. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Yeah. And uh-huh. not not only that, I don't know. I, I, one has to think they they did this actively or uh, pursued this actively. It's in the Jaws queue, which at the time was built in the Jaws queue because Jaws was being rebuilt because the the very first version of jaws is notoriously has a, its own history of itself i mean you could honestly maybe one day do a show about that outside of catacombs so it was down in 1991 so they used the jaws queue well they're able to use it from then on as well because it's a huge queue mm-hmm. but putting yeah. the dungeon of terror retold in 16 in the jaws queue is almost like an even more so of coming home for this attraction right it's like it never left right yeah That's yeah pretty cool yep. yeah and one thing they they did, or I don't know if they uh, was ne- absolutely necessary, but maybe maybe it was. I mean, it, it's a it's a creative challenge, and I could see them taking this on. They finally found a way to kind of give the storyteller her own history and backstory. Finally, because when she was put in in Tales of Terror, she was well. We know that story. We went through that. So they took it up. Creative took it upon themselves to include her in this year and actually give her a story. So this is a storyteller's house. Oh, well, okay. that's interesting. Yeah. And that's why that's where the retold comes from. It's almost, almost uh, a pun sort okay. of maybe yeah. I, there's probably a, a better word for it. The pun, because it's, it's kind of serious. It's not really a joke. Yeah, no, that, but that, that's actually really cool. So for this version, it is, and it says it in the description on the event guide, it's a roadside attraction. That the storyteller is running with whatever willing participant she's had. Now, I like to take that and think of it as it was built from the story she tells of the original 
Dungeon of Terror, if that makes sense. And that's how I, that's how, I, and again, I might be doing this in my own mind, but that's how I kind of read into it. Okay. Okay. But I do remember there was the, uh, the, in the first room, we, we get the storyteller. It's kind of like, it's like, instead of putting her in the attic in the, the her first appearance, it's the, it's the storyteller is there to usher you in. I, I, I say greet you, but she doesn't speak. So it's there saying, yes, this is her house. We've incorporated into her. She's part of the family now, even though she was kind of not really our idea to begin with. But here we go. This is her house. So it starts off fairly docile. It's like a, a, a blacklight area where everything's dark, but you have the, the blacklight making all your whites turn purple and anything that you have day glow, just just kind of glowing and, and you know, uh, you know what the blacklight does to that. Uh, but from there, it gets dark pretty quick it's there's a lot of a lot of what the uh, the dungeon of terror had had in the first place a lot of torturing a lot of characters uh taunting you a lot of some i I say a lot but there were some some tortures torch torturing i guess is a better way to say it of characters the first and i remember the further you went the gorier it was i don't have a whole lot of recollection because when you get in the gore houses for the sake of gore, things kind of match together, but I do remember this one being gorier than I expected it to be because of the storyteller's presence. Hmm. Uh. It surprises me that her presence would make it gorier. Does or that make any sense? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They make a house with her that gory. Yeah. Yeah. That's where you're going she, for that. Yeah. She seems like a more uh, cerebral sort of spooky yeah. character, like the the whole spookiness, the the creaking of the stairs, and the, the that kind of stuff, rather yeah. than the gore and mayhem. But who knows? I, I, it's kind of a cool way to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds like it worked. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't. But if it worked, it worked yeah, yeah, it wasn't. It was. I I know I would have gone to the. I didn't. Obviously, the the storyteller had absolutely nothing to do with me going into this because it was dungeon. Right. It was named Dungeon of Terror, so I was going to. Going to see it again. The next one has us in our first sprung tent, and it's the people under the stairs under construction. Yes, this was the first license or uh, branded IP. That's a, that's the phrase. I think that is correct. Now, this is the return of the first branded IP in Halloween Horror Nights, and I think it was in Halloween Horror Nights too. And it was it, this is what's uh, interesting. It's it's a it was almost a prequel of the story of the movie it was supposed to be that house have you ever have either of you seen the movie yes no okay so you know that you know the story yeah. karen and, and all did, the yeah. hidden corridors and weird things that went on and uh yes. and the, the, the accessed it through under the stairs so this yep. was this was like the house as it was being constructed and why okay. yeah is that now why why these inhabitants were already there as it was being constructed i, yeah. I really have no idea so, but, but with it being a construction site, it was perfect, a perfect opportunity and excuse to give everybody the mining hats that they had in the terror mines in Halloween Horror Nights 15. Oh, cool. So yeah. you had that lighting effect again. That's cool. Yes. Yep. The repurposing of last year, but yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And I kind of remember this going off a little better it may have been but that may have been a fact that i was either close i don't think i ever wore one of these hats in fact i'm sure i've never worn one of these hats i'd have that memory i may have been closer to the person wearing it this time Mm, like the first time i went through i think i was fourth of four this time i may have been directly behind the person wearing it yeah that would make a difference yep 
So now, as far as the details of it, I just don't, I, I don't have a super recollection of it. Again, I think I was probably paying more attention to the technical aspect of it with the hats right. and whatnot. And knowing me, I was probably actually looking for sensors of how this worked and ruining the experience <laughs> for myself. I don't know. Some of those, uh, I, I understand what you're saying. And to me, I used to think about it as ruining my experience, but really it doesn't. I, I It's part of my experience. True, yeah. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm an engineer and I want to know how this shit works. And so yeah. for me, that is part of the experience and I get something different out of it than most people do, but it's still something I enjoy doing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Good. I feel better about that. That's why going twice is always beneficial. Yes. You can go the first night and just enjoy it as a spectator and then the second night, you can take the time to look around and spoil it and for yourself and True. find all those little niches. Yeah. Or go every night with the ultimate Frequent Fear <laughs> Plus Express pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How many times this episode are we going to say, fuck you, Matt? <laughs> <laughs> well, for that, just one. Well, I won't bring one. it up anymore. Uh-huh. Right. That would be twice this weekend, though. Fuck you, Matt. <laughs> <I'd be> three, <laughs> all right. <laughs> three times. By the way, Matt, you know karma... Is is coming? Has come for you already once. You had you had to get off the Kong ride. I know. Middle. Oh my god, that was <laughs> unbelievable. That was so. It, yeah. it and and that had nothing to do with anything breaking. That was karma. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyone listening? Kong broke down as we were about literally about to get on. So I did just text. <laughs> I did just text Quentin Karen before that happened. So I kind of feel like I brought that on myself. That was pretty. Where were we? <laughs> under the stairs. We were under the stairs, and, and we're going to move to the next. <laughs> I was going to see what she's going to say. <laughs> oh, dear, oh. Karen Segway. Queen of Segways on the show. I try. The next front tent, um, and it's another branded IP, the Psychopath, the Return of Norman Bates. Yes. This is another staple, another yeah. part of the building blocks for uh, Halloween Hard Nights. They've had Norman Bates and quite a few of them. And this See, was, and I don't remember the other Norman Bates. Oh, really? Ones. There's like at least two, if not more. I know. I, I, I going through it now. I, I know we've talked about this before. It's just, it's like, huh? It's always one of those that has never been a. Uh, it's never been on the wayback machine for me. It's never been one of those wow ones for me. Okay. You know well, I mean? yeah. I mean, if you're, I could, I, I see where you're coming from. Uh, there, if you're not a big singular psycho fan it probably doesn't jump out at you because you're not saying oh i wish i had seen that you're just like oh okay i didn't see that and yeah and i like psycho it's good it's just not one of you know i'm not a huge fan of psycho it's that's just, what i yeah that's was, what i'm saying it was a good movie i'm a, I'm yeah. a i mean i i enjoy psycho but it's not like yeah if i were to list off my five favorite horror franchises unfortunately it wouldn't make it so when i yeah. hear i missed a psycho it's just like oh i missed a psycho that's that's yeah, too bad I, I wish i had seen it but i didn't Exactly, yep. I, I, you're you're hitting it exactly yep. on the on the nose. Yeah, but yep. three and four just off the right off the top. Looking here, both had psycho mazes. I I hadn't gone past that because there's at least two, and I'm there may be more, but I know for a fact there's there's two in the early years. So we're talking, yeah, within the first five years they had psycho psycho mazes, and now they got right. one again. And this was cool. like this was from from the best I could tell it was a kind of a best of the other psycho houses. It had the, the elements of the past that really worked. And, uh, I, I, I can remember the, 
I, there, there was the Norman, the thing that always jumps out at me and it's funny and it's, it's, I'm probably now combining the, those characters with the ones from the black and white last year, a scare zone last year and all night, uh, dying, uh, the Norman Bates and the mother, mother dressed as his mother. Cause that's always, yeah. the, that's always the knife wielding attacker you get, but that was mm-hmm. definitely in there. I'm reasonably sure. Cause I don't know where else I would have seen that the, not skeleton, but the uh, decomposed mother in the chair. That was kind of like a final reveal in one of the one of the rooms as you came around the corner. I believe. I think yeah, you saw it from the back, like you did in the movie, and then you come come around. Yeah, I yeah, remember yeah. that from one of the previous mazes. Now, okay, yep. specifically, yep. Uh, I remember us discussing that, and that is one of the 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 would have been one of the creepier rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm sure there was a a uh, I because I didn't see three or four, so I had to unless it was the one before that. There was a, a a shower room, but it wasn't the shower. It's like where you had shower curtains with blood on them and characters peeking out of them. You just didn't have the single solitary shower room. It was a room inspired by the shower scene is the best way to put it. Oh, that's cool. Yep. The uh, I remember the, the, the facade being cool as hell because, well, we've seen it. We just saw it last year. The house in front of Insidious. We saw Mike, Quint and I saw... Uh, the Michael Myers house in front of the sprung tent. They did the Bates Motel in front of the sprung tent. So they were doing those gorgeous facades instead mm. of just opening a tent and putting a sign up there from the very get go of these sprung tents. And the first one, oh, the first good. ones they did uh, that's that stood out to me is the the Bates Motel. Oh, cool! Yeah. And they do that really good. Yeah, uh, they do. Yep. Or, sorry, really well. Really good. <laughs> yeah. Really good. There's just a Saskatchewan coming out. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> They used to have both on property. The house may have, I don't know when the house was torn down. It was torn down sometime around when the hard rock closed, I think. So the ho- the Bates motel may have still existed. I not entirely sure in 2006 that it did, but the, I mean, uh, I see I'm mixing them up again. The, the mansion may have existed then, but, but the Bates motel did not because that was all torn down for that, the kid zone. So uh, the Bates hotel was reconstructed in front of the house. I don't know See, if the that was, was still there or not. Yeah, and that was that was what I was wondering because I knew that Universal at one point in time had the Bates Motel. Right. Not not right. in the times that I've gone, but I just I for whatever reason I knew that it was there and I was like it's odd that they didn't use something close to that, but right. that could be that it's gone by then. It might be. I'm trying to look at the tell from the map. It's hard to tell because well they wouldn't care where the Hard Rock was. If I could find the Hard Rock on the map, I can find the hotel, but this the Hard Rock, they probably didn't give a crap. I don't know when the new Hard Rock was built. That's really not what this show's about, so it doesn't matter. So I'll just stop. <laughs> we were waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. About time. So were there any other um, major highlights from the, the Bates Motel? Or the, the uh, sorry, the Psychopath Mace? The, um, no, other than the fact that I got to, I mean, for me personally, the fact that I got to experience it. This is, this is, this year is actually pretty cool because so far, I think everything we've talked about, in fact, everything we have talked about is, even if it's not the, not the same, It's at least it has elements of stuff I've never got a chance to see before. That's cool. Yeah, and yeah. I've never seen any of the Psycho stuff until this one. This is the first Psycho thing I'd ever seen. Yeah. Okay. Uh, the last four are all original IP, and this is where we see more of the icons. Yes. Uh, the next one... It, is in the earthquake queue and it's run 
hostile territory. And this is where we see one of the icons for the first time. Is that right? Well, we saw him uh, before. I forget what year. It was in the um, the icon scare zone that we had talked okay. about before but this is the first he's with this, a maze. yeah i mean we've okay. had it's it's like a double it's like a double it's the first we've had it, it's it's a first real acknowledgement and introduction of him and it's also the first time he's in the maze he was supposed to be in by name at least okay right because he was supposed to have been in well as we know and run in 2001 mm-hmm. but they took him out they took a lot of stuff and run out so this one was this one this one i this one is it was definitely. I mean, it was Eddie's house. It wasn't like Eddie was was put in there to just just acknowledge that it was supposed to be. This was truly once and for all, finally, Eddie's house. Even though it wasn't officially an icon, he at least has his own house or maze at this point. Mm-hmm. Now, I would have probably expected this to be more like what we actually got in twenty five. In that's easy to say in hindsight. Because it wasn't so much the game show aspect that we were told we were going to get in 2001. We didn't actually really get that until 2015. You remember how but, this this was a whole, a whole all okay. game show, yeah, in, in yeah. 25. So this okay. one, it was like it wasn't even really didn't even really have the game show aspect. It was a it was if it did, it wasn't translating well. It was it was more of just a a torture maze it's a torture okay. not even that just like, like a torture business it was like a a business because it was at the entrance it's you, like you were going in the back and maybe you were going in the back door of this i'm not entirely sure but in the back door is it almost felt like you're going through the back door of this complex and there was a dumpster like you would see in the back of any business so this one was full of body parts no oh. right? so so there is promise to this house you think yeah <laughs> now the first person you see the first anything you see that would of, of any consequence or any meaning is eddie so they're not tiptoeing around the fact that they wanted to use eddie for the past five years so they got him right there he's he's there he is setting up the first uh or the next i should say customer or victim or whatever you want to call it he is hooking up some needles directly into the veins of a victim that is being restrained. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> As you move through there, if you really, if you knew the movies well, you would have seen a lot of, and I did see a lot of uh, maybe homages or, or even maybe just they were directly taken from them. Cause I don't know if they're universal movies, but there was a lot of saw esque torture traps along the way. Ooh, okay. Oh, those are always good. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, now this is interesting. This is uh, Run had Old Smoky, and it was the Old Smoky had. I think it's his first reappearance since uh, Hell's Gate Prison. But this one was this was a little different because it was almost like it was a showcase piece. It's almost like this is kind of re- one of the reasons why I want to explore an Old Smoky story because it's almost like Eddie and his crew got this. And they're not using it. They're more holding on to it as a collection piece or almost like a an altar because it's behind a piece of glass. There's one of his henchmen cleaning it. And the henchman looks like he's behind glass. But, of course, he has a, a hidden 
door or or even like a cutaway that you right. can't see where you can jump out at you and spray you with with the with the cleaner it's just water of course but when you're not <laughs> expecting it, it scares the hell out of you so that's really interesting i thought that old smoky is there and they they say they acknowledge that that was old smoky in that maze so it's and the fact that it's like almost being put on display it's like they have a lot of respect for uh, the yeah. the warden and this chair because it didn't it was never i mean we know the story it was not designed to kill it was designed to torture you sure. yeah. right. so the fact that they had their hands on it it's almost like they're putting it behind glass and showing it off and just really proud to own this that is cool. neat that's one of those things that i didn't yeah. really i just saw it and and saw it you know whatever and walked by it but it, it's not till once it, it old smoky gets its history and you dive into the backstory that you start putting these pieces together that may or may not be true but it makes it a lot more fun whether it is or not mm. for me at least yeah uh, it's it, just seeing old smoky anytime is is always fun <laughs> right yeah. <laughs> and the fact that it's got a place of reverence that's yes yeah. reverence that's yeah. what that's a good one that's a good way to put it yep yeah. um fair. so it wasn't there was it wasn't just I mean Eddie's henchmen were all over so the idea of Eddie having this group of psychos with him that we learned in two thousand one still came to be in this maze but again like the whole game show part was like lost because it wasn't I wouldn't say it was repetitious but there was like no sense of stages like mm. last year it was country so it's like there was definitive stages oh, yeah. and they had mm-hmm. scoreboards I mean that made it easy too but this right. but but still I mean it wasn't bad because. Once you got past the inside, you're kind of outside, or at least you're you're felt to be outside, and you're going through one of those chain link fence mazes that are, always work well, especially in this case because there was a small brigade of Eddie's henchmen with chainsaws ducking in and out of boo holes or or cutouts, I guess, more in the chain links because you saw them revving engines coming at you, and and that always works well and just fits in with what and that does fit in with what what the original idea was supposed to be as we know it. I love chainsaws. <laughs> the last part of the house was a very long, narrow hallway, and there must have been multiple boo holes and multiple characters because I do remember this. And from all reports, I don't think there was anybody who didn't experience this in one form or another. Sometimes there was like maybe five or six people behind you when this happened, but it seems to have happened to everybody, which is a good thing. Somewhere in that long corridor, Eddie would jump out and chase you out with a chainsaw. So you started with you started with Eddie and you ended with Eddie. So it's like Eddie finally got his proper uh, presence in Halloween Horror Nights this year. Nice. That's totally cool. Yep. So uh, just just to wrap up with uh, what Karen was talking about earlier, um, Eddie did actually show up in Halloween Horror Nights fourteen in two thousand and four in the Horror Nights Nightmares maze. Oh, it was but a that, maze, not a scare zone. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah. But that was a. But that was like all of the icons. That was right. Jack. It was, yeah, yeah. Caretaker and the director, and it was like it was like a whole bunch. It was it was not really a good introduction of Eddie. This is like real Eddie introduction. Yeah, that was the one I remember. Not to recap uh, the entire episode, but it was like the the introduction of Eddie wasn't as horrific as everyone hoped. It was more the the metal Hannibal Lecter mask and then the clown paint making him Jack's mm-hmm. brother. This year they had. Uh, in fact, there's now. This is also we're, on, we're in a really cool time to recap things and look stuff up because you'll, there's more pictures, more art, more maybe even concept yeah. drawings if you look for them. But Eddie, they they actually made it and, and they've used this and they had it last year. They've now given him a burn prosthetic over the part of his eyes that you can see across the mask, tying him back to his original story being locked in a trailer and burnt. They mm-hmm. didn't have that, or if they had it in '14, it didn't come across as well. Yeah. They've made up for it this year. Because he's yeah, a lot more frightening. 
Yeah, they they really really made up made up for Eddie in this year. It mm-hmm. seems like, and I'm actually bummed that I couldn't be there to see it. <laughs> Eddie's just the Eddie's really cool, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's that's just one of the, well, we know we know the story why it happened. It's just unfortunate that it's almost like wow, you know, it's kind of like where we're at now. It's like 21 was kind of picking up where 20 left off. Now here we go with Chance picking up where Jack left off. So we finally right. kind of got. We said we'd never had that before, which we haven't. That wasn't that wasn't a, a a mistake on our part to say. We just I didn't realize while we we're talking about the chance reveal that we almost had this at one point. Yeah, the story we did. continuation. Mm-hmm. And I'm hoping that the the recent events in Orlando don't change that. Yeah, well, just right. not Orlando. I mean, man, every not to get even everywhere. remotely uh, bring the show down or or news related, but everywhere it's something yeah. worse. Not worse, but just as bad as happening. It's terrible yeah it's really bad but um anyway so we we have had eddie before and i i think that this was a really good i think this was a really good makeup for for all of the times that eddie's been almost there right used or whatever and it was just like no we're we're gonna give him his own maze this year and it's gonna be all about him and his chainsaw brigade and (laughs) yeah we've got a game or whatever whatever but it's just eddie and his badasses i do like the fact i mean the the, if the game part was there i didn't catch it and i i i I just don't think it it maybe just didn't translate well but i like the fact that it seems to uh, that seems to have been acknowledged and brought back in 25 because it was clearly a game in 25. So it's like they finally were able to wrap up the original run after all those years between mm-hmm. these two mazes. We got Eddie. It's like they really wanted to focus on Eddie and who he was and what he did in hostile territory. And then uh, for uh, Blood, Sweat, and Fears, they really wanted to bring the game show. So it's like they were able to finally put a cap on that. And maybe, who knows, maybe they'll bring the two back together again a couple years down the road. And this seemed more like a um, uh, a place where you know you, you pay the money and you can do whatever the hell you want you to want, whoever yeah. the hell you want. Sort it was of thing. it did come across in the literature and the stuff that you would read on the website yeah. more of a business than a game. Yeah, it's like yeah. Hey, you want to go kill some folks. Yeah. with a chainsaw. <laughs> uh, how much is on your credit card? Right. Balance? Yeah, so we can we can do that for you. Right. That's yeah, that, that is a, that's a good like. way. That's a good. Uh, yeah, that, that's a much better description than the the game show. It definitely did have that business, not business feel, but yeah, I know what you're saying. Yep, mm-hmm. I'm taking what you're saying and driving it right into the ground for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> that's what you do. Best. I do do that. That's Doo-doo. what I do. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, a totally different podcast. Yep. <laughs> so we'll move on to the caretaker's house. Yes. It's the Scream House Resurrection. Yes, this was one I have seen before, so it was a little bit familiar, but they tried to put a different spin on it. Um, In this one, they were trying, and maybe they did. I I shouldn't say they're trying, but they were. It was the, before it was always the... um, caretaker and his weird family we talked about that in the caretaker episode Mm -hmm. it was them scaring the crap out of you those were the main characters this time it was kind of the victims or what was supposed to be like the spirits of the victims but Mm -hmm. i mean apart from putting a sheet over someone's head and saying boo there's not a whole lot you can you can't really do an ethereal effect on people themselves necessarily i mean that gets better every year and eventually they'll probably have something really cool that can do that but if they're supposed to be spirits eh, okay maybe 
Maybe not. They're more, I'd yeah. say, the the dead come to life without calling them zombies because they weren't right. brainless. They were they they were active. They knew what they were doing. They were trying to take revenge on their death. So it was more like them being, well, I guess, resurrected, where the resurrection came from. So the spiritual part of it didn't quite come across, but the fact that they were the victims did come across and made okay. some for some really cool makeup. Yeah. So oh. it's... Uh, not sort of the rotting corpse uh, return to life. It's more of that spectral anomaly, uh, almost ghostish sort of thing. I mean, if that's what it was, I'm trying to say, if that's what it was supposed to be, it didn't come across that way. It came more uh, along the lines of like, I don't know if this is a, an example or not. I want to say it is because it sticks into my head, but it's like if someone was, was had a cleaver put in their chest and killed that way, that person was walking around with a cleaver in their chest and no longer did. Okay, so oh. kind of like the waiting room in Beetlejuice. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, that's actually yeah. pretty good. That's that's really good. Yeah. <laughs> if you're sold in half, you're now in two pieces. Yeah, yeah, okay. sort of, kind of, yeah, actually. So, and this had this, but it, but it was even more so because it had a mix of his prior victims. I guess are the ones that are popping in and out of the boo holes, and the people that it was torturing were still. All alive for the most part. There was probably some dummies, so you could have that gore of someone, you know, pulling someone's intestines out. But a lot of victims were alive, much like I think I, I, I really want to say they took some props from body collectors because the body collectors ah. accommodated for that. Right. For life's mm. characters being sawed apart, like you just said. The mm-hmm. spine I don't know if the spine rip was in here, but I'm just saying as an example, where you where they yeah. had tables and and uh beds and whatnot, where you had half character, half dummy in it, and you could do these mm-hmm. things. So it's so it was like the the former victims and the current victims were there more to scare you. Some of his family members were of course there doing this work and they were scaring you as well, but the majority was or the, the focus was on his victims. So and was the caretaker's mansion again, which is where the story came from. That the caretaker's mansion was burnt to the ground, but then all of a sudden, you know, death started happening again. So it's like the thing rose from the ashes, at least for Halloween Horror Nights, and you're able to walk into it again. And it started off by walking into a very rundown doorway. It's almost like this thing was it was dilapidated. I maybe you could maybe burnt or fire damaged, not burnt to the ground, obviously. But very falling apart, you walked into the first kind of waiting area, which would be the funeral parlor. You had the where the drywall was missing. You saw the studs in the walls and you kind of saw the patchwork. Well, this was just a a, a great area for boo holes and characters. Mm. Yep. And sounds like. I mean, anytime you've got dilapidated house, it's, yes. there's always oh, yeah. a lot of good boo holes. Scare yeah. Holes. Yep. Uh, you go through what's left of the funeral parlor. There is a casket. There's the stained glass window windows. It's almost church like, but not a church. Candle holders, that kind of thing. There's a bare bare minimum of these things here because there is a service going on, which we'll get to here in a little bit. Um, because there's more kind of after that that plays into this. Uh, you go after that. You go into kind of like a hallway storage room, and this is where everything that's not in the parlor that you'd expect is kind of stored away, and it's just like haphazardly stacked. There's the organ, there's some pieces of coffins, uh, more of the candelabras, that kind of thing. But obviously, I mean, the the, the worse it's haphazardly stored, the more holes there is for things to mm-hmm. reach out and grab you or scream at you and poke yeah. their head through. It's great, you know. It's like not only does it tell a story, but it, it's a great. Uh, area for for scares and that's something that that the creative team has done really well with a lot of mazes yes oh yeah, yeah. oh yeah it's just yeah. using you know using whatever uh, uh, an ex- extreme version of whatever they're doing 
uh, to to provide this characters a lot of access to people. Yep. Yeah. Say what you will, and we do say what we have about Walking Dead last year. The warehouse was pretty well done as far as stacking boxes and just leaving enough space to have arms and faces come through. So that was at least well designed. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, Walking Dead last year was not all bad. No, it was just, no. yeah, not all good just, either. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> um, well, after you go through this this area, you go now. You're past the parlor and the funeral home part, and you're into the the, the parts of the caretaker that you know and love. In a sense, you're in his experimenting area, and there's like steel tables uh, cobbled together. Uh, devices that bring people to the brink of death so he can find that missing piece of the soul. We all know that story. Just horrific looking things in this also incredibly uneasy, almost sterile, not sterile because it's gross. What I'm trying to say, very minimal, very heartless uh, um, setting. It's like there's no feeling or remorse of what's being done to these people, which just heightens the anxiety of what you see, especially when these people are all still alive, reaching out at you, which might be scarier than them jumping out at you. Yeah. Yeah. I would think so. (laughs) You see half a body coming at your tortured face. Yep. And we know, we know the lighting in the, and the makeup in these rooms. And sometimes you're staring at something and they are so good at not moving maybe even yes. holding their breath that just yeah. about when you're convinced it must be a dummy, it's eyes open and says something yeah. to you it might yes. actually be worse than a hand yeah. reaching out at you. Oh yep. don't, yeah. And, and the thing is, uh, anytime you go into any one of them where there's statues, it's like, Oh God, I, I yes. you know, yep. you know, it's going to happen. Yeah. And your, your brain is telling you, okay, half of these statues are going to be real people and they get you every damn every time. time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's like, uh, you know nothing, Jon Snow. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> you went out of this room and you went into an element that I know, I think Quint likes. You went through a, a maze of hanging body bags that you had to push your way through. Yes, that that is one of the effects that I really do like. And in this case, they were clear because, well, I mean, I guess, right. that, I guess that makes inventory easier. In the <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, or identification, or <laughs> blood types. I don't know what. Uh, out of and when you went out of there, you uh, went into the kitchen, and this really uh, more than any one that I remember of the caretaker houses uh, played on that idea of his family experimenting in cannibalism because there's just clear body parts in like stockpots and stuff like that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the last bit of it, it took you out of the mansion and into a mausoleum. And this is where the caretaker made his final appearance. Although he was sometimes in the first room, but not always, or at least not always saw him. He may have been hiding. But if you didn't see him in the first room, you were definitely going to see him in a mausoleum because he was kind of there. He wasn't there pulling off the scares like he was in houses in the past. In this last room, it is. It was just to make sure you knew you were in the caretaker's house. Mm-hmm. Um, now, as far as his first appearance in this maze, it wasn't, if you saw him, it was in the funeral parlor and the service that was going on was for Cindy. So this was Cindy's first real appearance, although she was actually in the casket and part of the funeral service. So we didn't get much of her yet, but we will later, as we all know, cause we actually saw her last year in, in the scare zone alone and a part and also <laughs> in one of the mazes as well. But she also, We'll also see a little bit more of her again before that. So this was her first first uh, 
embodiment of Cindy because I'm trying to think of a better any, I can't think of any other way to say that because she was a, a dead embodiment of Cindy, I guess you could say. Right. But her what her first official appearance as a character and tied to the caretaker was in this funeral service in Scream House Resurrection. That's cool. I like that. But she was just basically in the casket. Yes. Yep. Which um so but Hmm. So she's not actually dead, but she's in the casket. That well, see, I don't have a, any memory of her being a character like l- sitting up in the casket. But that just may be because I didn't see it. If they went as uh, far as to put her uh, in that, and if okay. it was cast and wasn't a dummy, and again, hard to tell, and especially hard to tell from memory this this old at this point. I don't remember. So it, 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 she could have been in the casket and set up. You know, she could have had a, a a trigger with a sound. I just didn't see it, which is when you go through it once, it, that happens. We all know that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that she was or wasn't because I don't know. I hope she was because uh, I don't know. I don't know. And so <laughs> I can't speculate without knowing for sure. If anyone knows, let us know and we'll definitely bring it up in a future episode. All right. The next one has one of my favorite icons. Not that I know a whole lot of them, but. This is one of mine, and it's Jack in the Psychotherapy Maximum Madness. Okay, yes, this was, we actually talked a bit about this in our Jack special that Quint and I did last year. Uh, this yeah. this was part uh, of his backstory okay. that we did, but it's another, uh, it's a returning IP in name, Psychotherapy was in Halloween Horror Nights ooh, 13, 14? It was in 13. So Psycho Scarapy yeah. started in 13 and has become, well, we know, a huge property at this point. In fact, it's even crossed paths with the uh, body collectors last year. Yep. Yeah. Awesomely. <laughs> now, in this version, in this version, Jack the Clown was admitted in the Shady Brook. And it didn't take him too long to take over the place. And this is a huge part of his backstory that we I just talked, we just mentioned is in his... Uh, the special we did on Jack, but to recap just this part of the backstory, this is a time where Jack was kind of hidden away in this asylum and it kind of sets up stuff. And maybe this is retconned, maybe not, but this is where he finds out that Dr. Oddfellow was still alive. The guy that had that actually killed him and hit him in the box and, and just to kind of get him away from that traveling carnival he was with to, take the heat off dr Oddfellow. if you don't know that story without getting too much into it we're actually going to get into it when we get into 17 but if you want to know ahead of time listen to the jack episode because that has a lot of the detail in it um but that's part that's like again that might be retcon and you might not necessarily see it in this house in and of itself but it's part of a huge part of jack's stories now as far as the maze goes this had another incredible facade of shady brook asylum in fact i'm sure if i could find a really good picture of it there's gonna be a real recognition of it from the snow covered one we saw in 25 maybe not exact but i think they keep the i mean it's the same place it's shady brook asylum so they, right. they they're gonna keep it you know as i'm sure they're gonna tie them together one way or another starts off a lot like 25 did you have that soft music playing in the waiting room you hear a the nurses announcements over the PA, like nothing's wrong, even though there's like just screaming and mass chaos on the other side of the room. You're about to walk into. So you go inside and the uh, first thing that catches your eye is the red emergency spinning light 
like alarm light is going in the hallway, so you know something's not not right. Right. Not right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> There's a. Uh, People in nurses' outfits, but the way they're covered with blood and the way they're acting towards you tells you they're probably not fully registered and qualified nurses. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not even started in this building as nurses. So there's a, you got the padded room, much like we had in 25. Uh, Strobe lights in this one, though. This one. And there's, uh, again, with the, um, there's, Along with the, and this one was cool. The along, I remember this one. Along with the padded walls, you had sheets with knots in them hanging from the ceiling. So you kind of had to push those out of the way. And you had characters in all white, like oh. like like the well, like you would in an asylum, but they were like yeah. even more so covered, like their arms and everything. So they were kind of blending in with the sheets and the strobes going at the same time. You oh, wow. didn't necessarily see them, or if you saw one, you didn't see all of them. Very good effect in this room. One that I huh. remember really well. That sounds pretty cool. Yep. Yeah, it does sound cool. Uh, there was a TV watching room where you had a bunch of inmates sitting, yelling, screaming at you. And uh, this, is, this is a joke we've seen many times. And I, I'm sure we're going to see again. The thing that they're watching is an old Universal property that shows up again and again. And it's they're watching Woody Woodpecker cartoons. Nice. <laughs> and then kind of, I don't know if this is the finale I don't think it is because I think the finale was actually Jack and the guys that were like face painting themselves like Jack, but with whatever was available. Another great makeup job. But the last note I have was like there was a just absolutely disgusting bathroom scene and what they do (laughs) with imagery and pre-canned smells. You can only imagine, I think, at this point what that room was like. (laughs) So, So at the end, you did have... I, I, I'm going from memory here because I didn't put it in my notes, but at the end, you did have Jack. You had these psychos that were now being controlled by Jack. And like I said, they had the makeshift makeup paying their allegiance or homage, whatever you want to call it, to Jack. And that was the uh, that was psychoscarapy and just a, a really big piece of the whole Jack story, which is actually going to, I think it ties together his last appearance with 17 which is going to be carnival of carnage so i don't know whether or not it was retconned or whether or not it was leading up to it well a, a good a good way to put jack in keep him in the halloween hard nights universe and then go into what we're going to get into next year well anytime jack's around it's yes. going to be yep. fucking oh, yeah. creepy because he's a fucking clown yeah. <laughs> See, that's why i like him so much because you hate him so much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well. No, I can find pictures of him and send them to you at random times. Do you really? <laughs> <laughs> yes, he does. Okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. Or she'll find even creepier clowns and just send <laughs> yeah, them. Yeah, right. Yeah. I'll be sitting on the couch. It's like, uh, I don't know. It's, a, it's 11 o'clock on a Friday night. I'm thinking, uh, I've had a few drinks. Maybe I'll get ready for bed. And she's out partying, drunk as fuck, and texting me <laughs> clowns standing around the bed watching somebody sleep. And I'm like, oh, good. Yeah, I ain't sleeping now. <laughs> Uh, that's really awesome actually <laughs> i need to entertain myself some nights when i can't sleep. <laughs> right. so now we have the last maze and this is the uh the director's maze yes the all night dying take two take two yes this was i mean obviously by name it's a sequel from the from 13 when the director had took over but it's another it's based uh, 
it is an homage to horror movies, but a little more modern. I I look at them and say oh, these are classic, but I'm like, oh wait, this is well, how many years ago? Ten years ago, so it's they're not they were more <laughs> modern then. Um, but uh, the the very the very first thing I remember, I, I remember this clear as day is the recreation of the Drew Barrymore in her kitchen on the phone scene from Scream. I don't know why this replays in my head. Actually, you know what? I take that back. Now that I'm thinking about it, I know why it takes place. Why it's stuck in my head. It's the first thing you saw when you walked in, and I think we got stopped, much like we did at Freddy versus Jason. So I watched that scene play over like okay. 50 times. <laughs> That's why I think it sticks in my head so well. And you had, of course, Ghostface. There was a there was a great um uh, uh, one of those the the French door windows looking outside, and Ghostface was killing her boyfriend. It's, it was the recreation of the movie scene, of that part of the scene. And then he he makes his way inside. It's probably a second character makes his way inside, scares the hell out of her, and then everything resets and it, it starts again. Uh, you know, that's not how. Though I said that, that's not how this whole thing started. It just that was stuck in my head. So let me, I'll backtrack a little bit here. The very first thing you went into was you walked into like a movie theater office and there were strips of film hanging from the ceiling and a bunch of things that make that will make you you'd understand you're inside a movie theater office. The director was there to greet you, much like the storyteller was there to greet you in Dungeon of Terror. He would motion you to go through a curtain and then at that curtain is when the scream the first scream room started. So we must have been stuck at the in the office or something. I, it doesn't really matter. But that is actually how it started. So I kind of jumped ahead. So you go from the movie theater office of the director into the screen room. Then out of the out of the screen kitchen, I guess you could say you you go through a hallway. You continued the scream theme here because Ghostface appeared again, and this time he was after you. So you just saw him attacking other people, but now he's he's turned on to you. Uh, that didn't sound right. He's turned his attention on to you. How's that? Is that better? I'll just leave that in. That was Sorry. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I, I think it's creepier that if he's if he's turned on. You, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we continue with scenes from Scream. I don't know what year Scream was out. That must have been fairly new. I don't know. Um, but you, you had more scenes from Scream. Uh, we moved into the garage where there's a girl pinned up against the wall, still alive, wriggling to get out screaming etc and sometimes probably looking dead and then if you happen to come in she would startle you of course like kind of like we just talked about a little bit with scream house victims it was it's all set up so that there's a character could come in and out of it but clearly it looked like she was pinned up against the wall uh we moved into the living room from scream once again and this is the last encounter with Ghostface, and then we finally get out of scream completely and we moved into a dark alleyway. Now here, this was a room that was featuring the ring. And as we went through the alleyway, um, there was like there was it was lit up with strobes. I don't think it was a consistent strobe. I think some strobes would light up. And there was the wells, or at least the partial well along the walls where Samara would have come out of in the videotape. So as the as the strobe lights would flash, I think that's when she would come out. And then when the lights would stop, she would vanish again. And then you'd have like a full light and you'd walk and then the strobes would start and she'd come out another another well. I think there was more than one if I'm remembering correctly. If I'm not, then there was at least just the one and the strobes is what kind of triggered her rising out of the well. When you moved out of this alleyway, 
you went into a chained themed torture chamber that as the deeper you went in, the more blood and the more flesh there was intermixed with the chains. And it didn't take you long to realize you were now in a very cool room that was paying homage to Pinhead and the whole Hellraiser series. Uh-huh. Now, I don't know if Pinhead was in this. I think he was, but I didn't see him. I would have remembered a Pinhead. I mean, that's yeah. just, that's, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's, a, that's an icon. I do remember Cinnabites, though. I can't tell you which ones, but uh, they were, the, you, you know the Cinnabites. They have the, the pasty, um, there's some, the, some kind of physical, uh, what do I say, representation of what their, their vice was. And then the, well, the leather is, and between the, the pale white skin mm-hmm. with something horrific in on their face, neck, throat, arms, whatever, along with that, the leather, I don't know what you want to call it, but the, the very identifiable Cinnabite and pinhead costumes, no doubt what they were supposed to be. Those I remember. Those were cool. Cool. Further moved on from there, um, you went out of this flesh room and then you kind of went into this, uh, it was a, a it was, you didn't go down, but you got the feeling you were underground. It was a high security jail, uh, or not just jail cells, is like underselling it. <laughs> this high security uh, area um, that once you walked past the first glass, you knew you were in Hannibal Lecter's jail cell, whatever you would uh. call that. Yes. And his fellow maniacs, of course. So as you walked along that, that corridor, the other inmates were, of course, taunting you. Uh, scaring you, doing what they could. And then you actually did get to Hannibal Lecter. And he was normally standing, stoic as always, just using his eyes to frighten you. But as they would do in Halloween Horror Nights, there was a cutout in his glass you didn't see until he jumped out at you, explaining what part of your body he was about to chew on or eat or however you want to say it. Nice. Baba beans. Yeah. <laughs> the very last room, the very last room, this was like kind of a, a culmination. It was a finale of, of, of everything. It was, it was fog filled ish as well as you could and still be safe. Strobe lights everywhere. And then there was characters from, or characters, I should say from everything we just saw uh, hidden in all these places with the fog filled, but uh, you could not see the different areas they were hiding in and they would jump out now and again, including the director. He was among the characters. So you kind of got face to face with at least one, probably more of something from everything we just saw in this house. So pretty good homage to horror movies once again. So yeah, not bad. Picked a lot of good ones. Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. And the, and the, the scream tie. And I, I mean, I looked them up while we were talking and so scream was, 96 scream 2 was 97 scream 3 was 2000 and then there wasn't scream 4 until 2011 2011. oh wow okay so all right yeah it's it's like right in the middle of of their downtime so i think they were just probably using a cheap ip property (laughs) maybe yeah (laughs) so i think that's it for the houses isn't it yeah all right all right so scare zones this year we had a similar number to every other year which is four of them Mm -hmm. um this year, uh, I like the layout of the scare zones a lot this year. Uh, the layout of the scare zones I- in some years, like this year, is basically s- you have to go through them to get from one part of the park to the next, which is always something that I kind of like because it gives you mm-hmm. that kind of feeling where you don't have a choice of where you're going. You know, you, you've got to go. 
through it. You know, can't go around it. You can't do. Yeah, of course, you always can, but it gives you that feeling, and it's a little. It, it just heightens the anticipation a little bit more for me, anyway. Yeah. Um, the first one we have is horror comes home, which the theme of the event, all of that, that stuff, and it's just a walk down memory lane. Um, and this one is in the Hollywood location, which is, uh, see, it, it's the, when you, when you go in and you take our advice from our first timer tips and you take that immediate, uh, right-handed turn, you walk straight through this particular scare zone on your way to the first mazes. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly. And it's exactly where the HHN icon scare zone was last year. Yes. Uh, yes exactly this was not unlike that one although they didn't have the icons because the icons all had their houses Mm -hmm. of course this but this was characters from the past they had done characters from different years and it was it was obviously an an homage to scare zones of halloween hard nights past there's more scare zones than houses the homage from what i remember Mm, okay but the cool thing about this was is that the do you remember the well, you couldn't have missed them. The the where the stages were, the banner, the big banners of the icons: caretaker, storyteller, director, and uh-huh. uh, who's the fourth one for that? Um, Usher. Yes, they had similar banners along the road, but they were, and it was kind of the same look, the dingy parchmentish type look. I don't know if it had like the red velvet border or not. I don't think it did. It may have. I may be remembering it wrong. But I do remember though is that the streets were lined with all of the event guide covers on these banners oh so that was kind of neat yeah that was neat i mean it didn't really say and and i don't think this character has kind of stayed by those and because there's like at this point i mean last year was easy you had four icons so you had the usher icons or the usher character yada 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 and then characters go throughout the others this was 15 banners in when you put 15 in this, this, wow. it, it makes the area small real quick, but it's not a small yeah. area. But when you have to spread 15, so I don't think this characters had to stay around their years. In fact, no. I'm positive they didn't stay around their years. It was just really neat to see, oh, here's everything that led up to tonight, you know, kind of on display. That was really neat. That so it was, was really cool. Did they have the, the fear night in there? Fright nights. They Fright absolutely night? did. Yep. And Excellent. it wasn't, it wasn't a retcon one where they called it Halloween Horror Nights. Oh, on it. it was it was the black and white nights. with the cl- the black white and red I should say with the classic characters w- as a sketch and it said Fright Night so they didn't they didn't cool. change it at all it was a it was a, uh, a, a, a it was the they probably took the original plate that they used to print it and made and printed up a matter for it that's cool huh. all right so um, in front of stage fifty four was Blood Masquerade and I have to think that this was the substitute for the hot house <laughs> maybe yeah um this was like it, it i i didn't realize i was having this deja vu two years ago until i came across this again and went remember the uh masquerade they had in 24 with the stilt walkers yeah this is kind of similar but it wasn't so much the bloody french renaissance look as it was the renaissance vampire look but still similar motif but that I was mean, that was a cool scare zone. Yeah. this one looks just as cool. Yeah, it was. It was, I mean, it was cool. And uh, but I didn't realize the deja vu I was having in twenty four was from this year. Uh-huh. So it wasn't exactly the same, of course. And they never are. They're rarely exactly the same, if ever exactly the same. But it was the same 
kind of idea. Do not think they had the giant candelabra they had, or the, I'm sorry, chandelier they had, which, yes, they did have a chandelier over a street in 24. Oh. Yeah. It was awesome. <laughs> it was really cool. Yep. Um, but did they ha- were these uh, stilt walkers? I don't remember them being stilt walkers. I don't think they were. And it doesn't look like it from from the description. But yeah. from the description, it it really does look like this was the hot house. Yeah. It's sensuous vampires. Yes, yeah. I mean, you had the bustiers, and they were carrying yeah. the candelabras, and they had masks on. Maybe more of the guys and the girls had masks on, or if they, or maybe it was a mixture of both. Some didn't, some didn't. That's probably more likely. And the ones that were the true vampires had fangs and probably a little bit of blood from the edge of their mouth which they they do when they do the vampires we we've all seen that so yeah, yeah. no it was uh, yeah that was and those scare zones uh they're often more party zones than yes, scare zones yes, yep. where yeah the characters are still coming at you and coming through you and you know dropping a hand in front of you and stuff but it's still much more of a festive party than yep. anything else which is always it sets a good mood i think yeah all right definitely so my favorite location for scare zones is the Central Park area. Okay, yeah. this one had something that is really reminiscent of last year, and it's called Harvest of Souls. Yeah, this was kind of bringing the field that they built in '15 to this park without growing a ton of corn. They had, you know, the bundles of corn that you tie together, which I don't even know what those are called. It was chiefs. Is that what they're called? Okay. Of oh, the dead corn stalks, because they were all dead. Sheaves. Yes. sheaves. Okay, so they had the sheaves. They had the um, same type of characters, probably some of even the same characters of Field of Screams. And uh, without being able to build the field, it was the most Halloween scare zone of them all. In fact, it wasn't too far from what we saw in twenty five. In fact, it even had the. It's in. I don't know. I don't want to say this is where this one was built because I don't know. But it had the uh, what we were calling the Jack Skellington Scarecrow, the giant mm. scarecrow with the pumpkin okay. head. I yep. don't think it was at the entrance this year. I think it was somewhere along the lines there. But it was. It was definitely there, and it had the the farm hands, the scarecrows, the well, maybe not the farm hands, but the them, I guess that's what they were. Farm hands, scarecrows, the Halloween type characters. Uh, the Halloween themed characters, I should say, that you would expect in a field setting, kind of the classic, almost I want to say original Halloween, though I don't not sure what that means. But when you well, think of old that, Halloween, this is the this is the images I conjure up at least. Right, it's that old trick or treating through you know not quite not ur- non urban areas yes, where yep. all the shadows are are thrown into weird ways and normally. Looking silly, looking scarecrows suddenly look really scary and have you know that that whole dark shadowy complex and it conjures everything in your imagination and that sounds like what this was yes trying to represent yep. is what your imagination would would conjure walking through that. Yep. I think the idea was it was the harvest of the field we saw last year. Aha. Ah. Uh, That's why the, much much uh, of the characters are the same, but obviously we're not in the field, so the location was different. But it was it was I, I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be a direct sequel to Field of Screams. That's cool because uh, and that area is really nice to do that in because it's a naturally dark area of the park, and they can use whatever weird lighting that they want yes, to. Yep. And they throw really good shadows, and so do the trees. Like the trees throw these <laughs> yeah. really weird shadows, and they hang in on you. It's just a really cool place I, to do. I scares. know they had the jack o' lantern lights. I don't know that they had the lantern lights that I like so much. They probably did, but I know the jack o' lantern lights were there that year. Nice. Those are always really cool. 
All right, and we wrap up with the the giant New York scare zone, and this is a this is actually a sequel to a yep. uh, maze that we had. <laughs> yeah, it is. And it's yeah. Detropolis Zombie Siege. Yeah. So this this is really that back to that um, what we were describing as Walking Dead before Walking Dead. It is. It's they brought the zombies that were in the Detropolis maze and brought them on the street. It's much like bringing the psycho scarapy characters and putting them in the psycho scarapy scare zone last year but it was the but zombies this year and um it was uh it was it was a continuation of the story they had that the the uh fog and the green light so that you had this mysterious green mist that was affecting everybody you were walking in taking your chances and the the fog of course like uh, the fog is so good in so many ways one it hides them uh, really well Uh, and then on the other hand it doesn't hide them but it gives really weird uh perspectives with shadows if a zombie is coming at you with a light behind him you see the shadow five times the size of you and you're not quite sure how close it is until they come out of the fog it's so (laughs) well done when they when they're positioned right and and you're in the Mm -hmm. right place at the right right time it's so it comes out so good and that area is is just a ton of fun. It's it's just a place where they can do mass mayhem so well in that area that I love that scare zone. Yep. And the really cool thing about this scare zone was it was dual purpose this year. It was not just the zombie scare zone. There was a story that, that this scare zone played part of a story of one of the shows that we're going to get to in part two. Oh, cool. So it was also a show location. Nice. And we'll get to that in the next episode. So I guess I accidentally segued into our wrap-up there without even knowing it. Yeah. So, (laughs) all right. So we'll do our regular wrap-up now. Uh, Again, check out everything uh, that we're following for not only Halloween Horror Nights, but Universal at neozaz.com. Gotta believe there's gotta be a... uh, announcement coming sooner than later i mean it, it it's been what two three weeks and right now that feels like an eternity yeah. at this time of year so there's probably something coming soon we'll of course cover it in, in an instant reaction our live call-in show for our tips and tricks is still a go we just don't have a date yet so follow us on twitter at neozaz and our facebook page neozaz podcast and of course Neozaz.com will announce when that comes out too, so you can be part of that. We'll list the exact date and time we're going to do that, as well as the phone number. And I think that does it. I'm ready to get into part two here, so let me wrap this up properly and say thank you for listening. We'll be back with our next episode, which will be part two of Halloween Horror Night 16. We're going to cover all the shows, four and all, just as much to talk about. So until that episode, I'll say one more time, thanks for listening, and we'll see you in part two of Halloween Horror Night 16. Thank you for listening to the Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights podcast. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is a Neozaz Internet Entertainment production. For more great podcasts and original entertainment, visit our website at neozaz.com. The Catacombs of Halloween Horror Nights is not affiliated with nor endorsed by Universal Studios Florida. All Halloween Horror Nights properties, icons, titles, events, and related items are property, trademark, and copyright, Universal Studios, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. For more Halloween Horror Nights coverage, follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast and follow our Twitter account at neozaz. To help support the series and all the work we do at Neozaz, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.